1: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Equip You Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And return. this is a returning guest. We've had him on now a few times. Paul, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, can you uh, catch us up on your life, marriage, ministry, and what are you working on ministry project-wise, brother?
0: It's a wonderful season of life right now. Um, ministry is going amazing here at Cornerstone Community Church in Mayfield Heights, Ohio. Um, The Lord just continues to bless through just the, you know, ongoing teaching uh, of God's word and one another discipleship. Um, So that's pretty exciting. Um, As far as ministry projects, I think I'm probably at this time most excited about uh, some children's books that I'm actually working on right now hopefully one will come out in 2024 uh illustrations are being done on that right now so that's kind of a a new adventure but something I've always wanted to do for for many many years so yeah it, there's
1: never a dull moment right right well that's so awesome brother uh, I I've been encouraged to see you know, there's been a huge uptick, as we know, in the last few years, just on good theology for children, and um, yeah, so it's so needed. So I'm I'm really encouraged that you're that you're that you're contributing to that ongoing um, area of need in the church. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, can you uh, tell us about this new book, Remade: Embracing Your Complete Identity? Uh, why you wrote it, and how you hope it'll be received.
0: Yes. Uh, So uh, I can honestly say, Dave, that I'm more excited about this book than anything else I've ever written. Um, And I don't say that just because it's the newest one out. It's just, it's really the accumulation of decades of thinking about sanctification. You know, how does God work in our lives? Uh, first initially to save us, to convert us to Christ, and then to then um, begin this new work of remaking us into the image of Christ. And I just think that there is a great need in today's church for understanding sanctification. How do we grow in Christ? Um, but the, the book specifically ties it in together with identity, uh, so embracing your complete identity in Christ. Um because really what i'm trying to do is just follow the apostolic pattern which says this is who you are in christ now act like it so in other words becoming becoming like what we already are um and and i think it's crucial in this day and age because we're living in a day and age that says identity is custom designed by you Hmm. in other words we are supposed to determine our identity and it's so comforting Hmm. to know as a believer in christ that actually God has already determined uh, my identity and now I just need to live it out
1: yeah yeah that's I mean as we both know I mean every the, the world is offering us an identity and and yet Christ has offered us something that's infinitely infinitely better and so amen we're we're even seeing huge movements in the church uh the the professing church that even seem to undercut this this very thing on which you're writing on um on gender and sexuality and in ministry ministry to people in our churches and yeah. know so, i mean i think that a book like this you know I, I know your heart biblical as a biblical counselor but also a pastor of a local church um i think a book like this right now is so important because i mean we we could, i could talk to you about that for a long time but there's just such a need for people that are struggling with, you know, you cross the spectrum with, you know, emotions, but just like theologically giving them a book like this is so important right now. Um, that's easy to understand, well-written, uh, very practical, you know, from from the heart of a pa- an experienced pastor and biblical counselor. And so I thought it was really, I thought it was really good, brother. I mean, and, you know, so thankful for the Lord uh, allowing you to write it.
0: Yeah. Thanks for the encouragement god is god is good
1: yeah how how does the reality that you know we are no longer under condemnation help the christian who struggles with feelings of guilt and shame
0: yeah that's uh it's an amazing doctrine to think of the fact that we are fully accepted in christ um already fully accepted in in other words uh acceptance by god is not something we work for it's something we work from um I was raised in a works religion and i didn't get saved until i was 19 and so well-grained into me ingrained in me well i think naturally just because you know i'm a sinner but also on top of it just that thinking of i have to achieve in order to be accepted Mm -hmm. um is just so contrary to what the scriptures teach um so i'm no longer condemned in christ why because jesus bore my penalty on the cross for me in my place he rose from the dead um Ephesians 1 says I am fully accepted in the beloved one you know Hebrews the book of Hebrews says that Jesus is not a shame to call us his siblings that's that's breathtaking reality so as I struggle and and, and as any uh, you know believer struggles with guilt and shame um perhaps still over things in our past either things that we did or things that were done to us we can continue to run back to the finished work of Christ and say wait a second here um I've got to renew my mind I've got to remember that God has already accepted me fully in Christ not because of me but because
1: of him and I need
0: to turn my eyes to him
1: that's a that's a good word you know we we (laughs) I know myself too um, I think too easily p- fix our eyes not on the the treasure of Christ, as you said, but more on what's happening in our lives, and and that that causes a lot of issues. Um, you know, we won't be looking to the hope that we have; we'll be looking to the to the situations and the circumstances that we have, yeah. like you're talking about. And you know, having somebody to talk to about talk through those things, I think, is a is an under neglected aspect of of this part of the conversation that we we need to have with people too and just say hey you know that's why you're pastors and and the, you have titus too you know if you're a guy there's older men in the church who would love to talk with you and if you're a lady there's older women who would love to talk with you in your church and i think that's a i think that's an under neglected encouragement as well um yeah you know, and, yeah. and in this thing any any thoughts on that
0: yeah, and that's uh again, you know, it's just all part of that that one another philosophy of ministry that just permeates the New Testament. Um, you know, as a as a pastor, obviously I have shepherding responsibilities and caring for souls, but I also have in Ephesians four equipping the saints for the work of the ministry kind of ministry. Obviously, the title of your podcast, Equipping You in Grace, you know, the role of church leaders is to equip all of the believers in the body to do the work of ministry, and that includes ministering to one another. So, um, you know, there is this clergy laity kind of divide that we grow up thinking about in, in the church and really the, the New Testament kind of tears that down and says, you know, you are all priests. You are part of the priesthood of Christ. And so now minister truth to one another. So mm. one of the one of the dreams I have for this book is that it would not only be used by individual believers in their homes, but that it would get into small groups. Mm. Um, because I think that it could really be a tool to change churches um and, and really lead to significant growth in in regard to sanctification.
1: Mm, That's wonderful, brother. Wonderful. Love hearing that. Well, why should the Christian keep on repenting?
0: Yeah, that's something I've been thinking about a lot um, over the years. Um, You know, scripture says that the gospel that we believe uh, is the gospel that says, repent and believe in Christ Um, And and too often as believers, we think that that repentance is a one-time deal, Um, but it really is not. Yeah, it starts at the moment of conversion, but um, the more the Holy Spirit works in our lives, the more we see um, him peeling away the layers of the onions, so to speak, and, and we see more and more of the core of who we are. And, and we need, therefore, then to continue to repent of, you know, desires of the heart, attitudes of the heart, you know, getting beneath just the behavioral things that we we're always troubled by to see more of what God sees, which is the internal. Um, and so, we're constantly needing to run back to the Lord for, for forgiveness. And for me, personally, I mean, I just... Praying some of those um, confession psalms has been really significant uh, part of my own growth as a believer, Psalm 51, Psalm 32. And, um, and that's something I, I try to deal with in, in the, um, the midsection of the book that deals with, you know, how do we deal with indwelling sin? Um, you know, because we are, we're a saint first and foremost, but we're also still struggling with sin. We're still a sinner and we're also suffering in this world and um so as god does his marvelous gracious work of repentance in our lives and and refining us in in the fire of suffering um there are always going to be things that come to the surface that we need to take to him and confess and then claim the 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 cleansing the incredible cleansing that he promises to us in in christ
1: Amen, brother. Amen. You know, I think it was Calvin, John Calvin, who said that, you know, repentance is not only the start of the Christian life or something like that, it is the Christian life. And I think for a succinct statement, I mean, you can't get any better than that. I mean, you know, about ongoing repentance, but man, it's so, it's so true. You know, it's, it's not just to get us, you know, into the door of the door that is Christ, you know, he's the only way, but it, it also helps us to grow in our sanctification and into the reality of what we're talking about today and in our identity in him. And man, and the indwelling sin thing, I think that we, we need to talk about that more, not, I mean, not like morbidly talk about it, you know, like, overanalyze it but i think that one of the things that where we maybe don't do not you but just in general like, like the broader church is is we 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 talk so much about a process like here's here's some steps like in the means of grace to utilize and along the way we we don't talk about you know fighting and dwelling and dwelling sin if that makes sense and so i'm really encouraged that you you would talk about um this aspect you know because we see guys like um, jc ryle in his classic book on holiness talk about this and of course you have owen um talking about john owen talking about this and we i mentioned calvin um and and it's something i think that we need to perhaps go back to those guys and of course to scripture romans 7 um and uh consider more and and spend some more time um, writing, seeing more people write on that, I think, is is something that I personally would like to see in this uh, conversation about indwelling sin. There's, there's even se- seemingly some people who um, suggest that Romans 7 isn't about indwelling sin so, today, and I think that's uh, concerning. Um, and, and I think that, so I think you my point is, it's like, you, you putting this in the book is really, really important. Because um, how are we going to learn to to fight against this? John says the world of flesh and the devil. If we don't know that we still have indwelling or remaining sin, and, yeah. and looking yeah, to, exactly. look to Christ, I mean, if that doesn't exist, I mean, then then are we talking like we believe in perfectionism? I mean, where, where's the struggle? I mean, because we all know that in between the times we're, we're struggling. So and then and then we just talked about repentance. So if there's no struggle there what's the need for repentance and and all yeah. the other commands and i think it just gets a little bit that get that whole idea gets a little bit goofy but um so yeah there's
0: a tension you know definitely a tension there in the christian life there's a lot of tensions in the christian life but you know that's one of them where you know our victory has been secured by christ and yet at the same time we have these repeated commands to fight you know fight the good fight and and you know consider ourselves to be dead to sin and alive to to God and and no longer give the members of our body you know to to sin as a slave to sin because now we are a slave to God and so there there's that tension that we we it's the already not yet tension we are already victorious in Christ and yet in our daily experience that has not yet fully come to reality yet it will one day in glorification, you know, when we see Jesus face to face and we will be like him. Um, but in the meantime, man, there's a lot of sin in my heart um, and in every believer's heart, you know, that that needs to be dealt with. And so, um, yeah, just addressing that and then addressing it even from the standpoint of temptation, I think is really important because we tend to a misunderstand, even even temptation and how temptation works and 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 how to nip it in the bud, so to speak. Um, so I, I'm really hopeful that 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 whole section on indwelling sin and, and dealing with temptation is going to be really helpful to believers
1: yeah you, you were just talking about temptation and and earlier you even talked about how things in our life really draw out what is in our heart and that that is such an important idea as well in that in this ongoing conversation but mm-hmm. maybe you can yeah. maybe you can talk about you know the means of grace i know you talk about prayer how do those things help us to address temptation in our lives
0: yeah you know jesus is the one who said to his disciples you know keep watch and pray um, because uh, that that helps us to fight against temptation. Spirit is willing, flesh is weak. Um, so there do need to be these spiritual disciplines, you know, it's kind of the common language that we use that refer to those essential means of grace that God has provided for our continued uh, growth in him. So time in the word, learning to meditate on the word, not just read it, but to really let it soak in. And learning to talk to the Lord based on how he talks to us in his word. And I say this to my people and in, in our church all the time that, you know, God talks to us through his word. We talk to him through prayer. And then we should be talking to each other about what we're learning in, in scripture and in the things that the Lord is teaching us. And so you've got the, those means of grace. You've got the word. You've got prayer. You've got fellowship in a community of the local church. Um, and, and from that, then, you know, oozes, we might say, a natural evangelistic kind of ministry that isn't uh, fake and programmatic, but it's, it's naturally kind of growing out of who we are becoming
1: uh, in Christ. Really good. What do you mean by replacing our affections?
0: Yeah, so affections are really, really crucial. Um, you know, I talk about the classic Puritan sermon by Thomas Chalmers, uh, the purifying power of uh, uh, of a new affection. And um, it's, it's really crucial for us to understand that behind everything that we do, um, there is a desire. And I think it's so, you know... <laughs> We're, we're we're somewhat like the Pharisees. Uh, there's a little Pharisee living in every one of us, and and in what I mean by that is we tend to naturally focus on the externals um, and behaviors rather than getting deep into the desire of um, what produced that behavior. You know, so what did I want when I did that? What did I really want when I said that? You know, it's just. Um, Getting to that uh, level of asking the Holy Spirit through his word to do, as Hebrews 4.12 says, even dig into the motives of our heart. Um, and, and God will do that through his word. And so we've got these natural affections that are part of our depravity that need to be replaced by godly affections that are produced by the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, just even thinking of the the contrast between the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit in Galatians five, and man, there's so much on in those two lists that scream desire, scream affections. In other words, there's there's underlying affections going on, you know, beneath all of those things that are recognizable from the outside. If that makes sense.
1: No, that's uh, that's really really good. You know, if you think about it, like one of my former pastors used to talk about this like a a movie theater. You you go to the movie theater and you see the clip and it's playing. And he equated that to our thought life. And, you know, the more that we replay, you know, those scenes in our past and, and, you know, the hurt and the pain. And we let those screens slide by, you know, again and again and again. Um, in our in our hearts and our minds well what is that going to do i know for me what that did is it is it made the bitterness and the anger and those kind of things um you know to the, brought it even more to the forefront and they start made it even even more of an issue whereas mm. the scripture tells us like you're talking about we're going to take those thoughts captive into the obedience of christ as paul says in second corinthians 10 4 and you know this is why paul talks about he he talks about the you know you mentioned the works of the flesh in verse 12 colossians 3 12 he says to put on christ um and before that he talked about the things that were form we formerly were identified with and now these are the things that were to put on then he goes on and talks about the things that were to put on and that's kind of like what you're what you're saying even from galatians what paul does in galatians 5 too um and I, and you know, there's that re- great book by Edwards. If if you guys have never read it, Religious Affections, as well. And he and he goes even further, and and talks about you know our, our affections and pursuing Christ and treasuring yeah. Christ. And um, you know this this is a this is something that I again I I'd like to see you know even more Christians you know talking and writing about. Um, so again, that's that's another thing to be encouraged about by this book, you know, that that you're talking about, you know, these things because you know, we deal we all deal with hardship and trials and God is using in these things, he's molding us in the midst of those things. And that's a that's a good thing, you know. That's a good thing. It doesn't mean that God is disinterested in us. It means that he cares for us. He's he's using these things to help us, you know. So, I yeah. don't know if you have any anything you wanted to add to that, no, I think you summed it up really well, brother. Thank you. Well, um, you know, Calvin once remarked that the Christian life is humility, humility, humility. Why is humility so hmm. important in the Christian life, and what's so attractive about it?
0: Well, I'll start with the second question first. It's so attractive because it is one of the primary attributes of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, he is the epitome of humility of meekness, um, meekness, which is strength under control. But Philippians 2 lifts up the example of the Lord Jesus and his humility, which began in his mind. Um, you know, he had to consider himself lower um, in order to even take on human flesh um, and, and become the God-man so that he could become the only acceptable sacrifice for our sins. Um, But humility is really seeing ourselves the way God sees us, no higher, and no lower. Um, We tend to um, go in one direction or the other. We either think too highly of ourselves or we even can be guilty of thinking too lowly of ourselves um, in, in a false humility kind of way. Um, and so, you know, the apostle Paul talks about this in, in Romans 14, we're just basically looking at ourselves with sound judgment and yeah. not too high, not too low, but looking at ourselves the way that God sees us. And, and a big part of that really is then understanding who we are in Christ, because man, when we understand who we are in Christ, it's like, this is, this is just unbelievable. You know the the treasure that we already possess in Him, and the acceptance, and the oh man, so <laughs> focusing on that, I think is um, is an interesting way to combat pride um, in our lives. You know, whether it's the pride of elevation or the pride of demeaning, you know, tearing ourselves down, um, just learning that 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 proper perspective. Um, those who meditate on his word day and night you know will achieve success in in god's eyes you know according to joshua 1 8 or psalm 1 you know it leads to spiritual fruitfulness and in all kinds of blessing and discernment and the things that we need in in this world but for me you know bible meditation means that i'm opening my bible every morning and I'm not just reading it to check off the list on my Bible reading schedule, but um, I'm, I'm slowly thinking about what is God saying to me here. And I always have a notebook, I always have a pen, I'm, I'm trying to record some kind of uh, lesson, takeaway, so to speak, um, for, for me for that day. Um, one of the things I'm doing different this year is I'm actually listening to the Bible as I'm reading it, so it's coming in my ear gates and my eye gates at the same time um and then when I'm done, then I'll just jot down you know maybe two or three sentences at the most about what i what I took away you know um from from that particular passage you know like I've been in ezekiel Jeremiah and Ezekiel lately and and so I've been just jotting down, you know, and that's in here in my heart. And something's really seriously wrong with my Christian life. Um, so, you know, just that's one example of you know how I, how I, I let, I let the scriptures speak to me, um, and and I talk back to scripture, so to speak. I say, you know, what is this passage teaching me? Um, so I'm, I, I force myself to slow down. I guess is what I'm trying
1: to say. No, that's that's really really good, brother. Really good. Um, what is it? I know you're really passionate about this question. Uh, we could we this next question we we could spend a whole hour. I know talking about it, but what does it practically look like to bear one of those burdens in our local churches? Oh yeah, I love
0: that question because um, as an early believer, I remember hearing that that uh, verse quoted. We need to bear one of those burdens, and it, it always was in the context of you know, so-and-so is unemployed, they're going through trouble, we need to help them pay rent. Let's bear their help, bear their burdens. And that certainly is um, one application of to make ourselves vulnerable to other believers and say, hey, I need help in this area of my life. Um, Or, and it's appropriate to, that's what it means. It means loving each other enough to uh, take the risk of being transparent sharing our struggles with one another Mm. and then being willing to speak the truth in love as needed
1: so that we will grow in Christ Mm, that's really good brother that's really good well where can people go to find out more about you on social media or otherwise
0: well my main hub for the last 13 years is my blog site counseling one another.com and so there's just thousands of free articles and resource lists based on different topics um, related to the Christian life. So that's kind of the main hub to go to. But um, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and to the extent that I that I need to, so to speak. I mean, there are days I, I want to just delete all my social media accounts. But uh, well, yeah
1: i understand (laughs) but
0: you know i think that um there there seems to continue to be a place um there for for those of us who want to um have a positive impact on imparting biblical truth um, in in a way that is both salt and light in, in this world so um yeah you can find me
1: good good yeah encourage people to check out your website you have a lot of good resources on there and and your other books as well but uh just as we land the plane here um there's you know there's obviously a lot to this whole topic of identity and uh, we've really only scratched the surface so can you give us just a few takeaways as we land the plane on this conversation
0: yeah so as we look through those three lenses you know which is what the book talks about the biggest lens being that we are saints we are set apart by god Uh, for God in Christ. That's the big lens through which now we we look and we interpret the sin struggles in our life. And that's the big lens through which we interpret the suffering that we go through. Um, And and it's all related to Christ and it's all related to the gospel. And so it's it really comes down to um, God has called us in Christ to now uh, live with our eyes focused upon him. So setting our minds on the things above, not the things of this earth. And that's how we um, maintain focus. I think it's also how we um, get the strength we need day to day to persevere um, in, in this world and to persevere with joy. Because uh, I, I think that that's also you know, part of God's command to us is not just grit your teeth and persevere and get through the tough times, but to persevere with joy so that even as unbelievers look at our lives and they see that we continue to move forward uh, despite the troubles that we experience, there's something of a testimony there that, that in Christ, we rise above our sin struggles. We rise above the suffering that we experience. And it's for his glory and to his glory and because he's sufficient and we are not
1: amen brother amen well guys we've been talking today with my friend paul about his new book remade embracing your complete identity brother this is a really important book it's been a really good conversation thank you for your time today and for the great book and i hope that you guys will uh, go and pick up this book and get it for a friend and that as paul talked about Uh, Maybe if you're a small group leader, use this resource in your small group. Um, I think that that'll be helpful and useful uh, for the people in your small group and also uh, for the broader church. So thank you, Paul. Thanks so much,
0: uh, Dave.
1: It's been a joy to talk with you again.